Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. <laughs> it is so late. It's late. There's a weird energy in here tonight. We're very slap happy. Uh huh. I won't mm-hmm. go into it, but <laughs> I'm right. Just think of all the things that Brianne has told me I'm wrong about, <laughs> and just pick one. I'm fucking right. I can't stand you. <laughs> just letting the. I, I I was like, God, I have to sit in this by myself. I can't even tell mm-hmm. anyone what it's about, but I'm right. Mm-hmm. I'm right. <laughs> You're such a fucking asshole. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to apologize for? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just a, a little bit of behind the scenes stuff with our hosting site. We we go through a company um, that puts our podcast on all the platforms for everybody to listen to. And they just launched a new thing um, with advertising and it's like dynamic content. So they just kind of splice it in your episode when there's a break. But as we all know, like our breaks are weird and it was all a beta test. They were like, here, you guys have a lot of listeners. Like, can you try this out for us? (laughs) Sure. So we did. And it was a disaster. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) ads were like in the middle of sentences. There was a lot of ads. And I'm really fucking sorry. It's not worth it. No, that's not the vibe. We shut it down. No more. No more. Don't get me wrong. We (laughs) would love for this to be our full-time jobs. So at some point, we will revisit ads. But now that we have feedback, we know what not to do. So we're going to f- yes. figure it out, but we're not, we're not doing that anymore. And I'm sorry, guys. Like, I know you're just here. You want to listen to your shit. And I respect it. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Yes. Me too. We both are. Yeah. It's 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 not worth it. Mm-mm. So, but yeah, it was just, no. it was beta We'll testing. probably revisit it at some point, but it's not, that's not I how. think I think if we revisit ads, like. We'll discuss it with you guys. Let's see what works, what doesn't work. I appreciate the feedback. I really do. Because I don't want, I don't know. I listen to podcasts too. There's a couple mm-hmm. of podcasts um, that I love <laughs> that got big. And literally one of them has like seven minutes of ads before it even gets in the episode. And Oh, God. I don't know if it's the same one I listen to. <laughs> it probably is. So, yeah, we, we're going to fix it. And... Uh, Thank you for being patient with us. Don't hate us. You know, we're going to be, we're, we're not, so we're not babies anymore. We're, we're growing up a little bit. So we're, we're trying to figure it out, but just figure it out with us. Yes. We're entire toddlers now and toddlers fuck up constantly. Always. Always. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aria, like not even toddlers. Aria, my seven-year-old today came in the kitchen and her teeth are blue. 
and her lips are blue. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what did you eat? And she didn't want to tell us. She was sucking on a marker. She is seven years old. <gasps> what the fuck? I don't Why? I don't know. I don't know what compelled her to do that. She has never done anything like that. What in the world? I had to have a whole, like, that could be toxic. We had to go over poison control. And she's like, well, now I know it's okay. Like, don't freak out. Wow. She said. Like, okay. So are we talking like a magic marker? Like a Sharpie? Like an exi- uh, like the fucking dry erase? The Crayola washable markers. Mm. So non-toxic. We're good. But it's like, they do the weirdest shit. Kids are fucking weird. <sighs> Why are kids? I've asked that so many times today. <laughs> I've asked that so many times today. Why are children? Why are children? I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to. And you have five. So if you don't know, nobody knows. Uh, we we did family photos yesterday. We have not had family photos since Aria. Do you have any? Wow. Do you have any like proofs or anything yet? No. I want to see so bad. What color scheme did you go with for clothes? <laughs> I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? What did you do? Uh, did you do some weird shit? No, I don't think it's weird. I think it when it's all said and done, it's going to be cute. Hmm. Listen. What'd you do? What did you do? I'm I'm the one that says listen. What did you do? Remember a long time ago, I bought. Um, I think I showed it to you. It was like a green dress, and it had cranes on it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to wear I this. Do. Like, yes. And Cody was like. Did you dress all your kids up as cranes? I did. They all look like Bjork with the <laughs> little swan dresses. <laughs> no, I. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to wear this dress. I love this dress. It feels very Louisiana. And um, so I just went with that color scheme with the rest of the kids. And it feels very selfish to dress them around me. <laughs> I've never done anything. That's the problem here? Are you fucking kidding me? It feels very like, look at me. And I'm not a look at me person. I'll fucking look at you. You're magnificent. Oh, shush. No, but no. Uh, yeah, I, I coordinated them around this dress that I felt guilty about buying because it was $60 and I don't like to spend that much money on things, you know, I've 20 year old underwear, but anyways. Yeah. So we'll see. The whole thing was a nightmare because it's Louisiana. It's like a hundred degrees outside, which is where we were taking our pictures. And she sat them in the grass and there was like no less than a million mosquitoes. So I've been doing, uh, pretty much calamine lotion on their legs all day. It's, Ugh. I feel awful. I'm like dress like me and get eaten. <laughs> But you have no fucking guilt about your Pokemon shenanigans that you have committed over years. No, I don't. You have no shame. I have no shame. You know what? <laughs> what? One of our one of our friends uh-huh. who plays Pokemon too. Uh-huh. It's, it's like my kid's parents. He's gone uh-huh. to like world champions. I don't know. I fangirl a little bit. I think it's cool. And um, their mom sent me a flyer, and they're doing like a little card. Not like a tournament, but for little kids to come and play Pokemon cards like IRL. Shit, and I'm really cute. It is super cute. And it's ages nine to 14. And I'm like, oh, how strict are they on that? And she's like, I already called. Bring your kids. Oh, <laughs> so I think we might take cute. them to like their first like in person Pokemon card thing. It's going to be cool. 
That's adorable. Please take pictures. I feel like I'm rambling. We need to get to okay. this bracket. Yeah, let's get to it. Okay. Yep. We'll get uh, like probably two great reviews saying they love our banter and our friendship and two bad reviews saying that we need to get to the fucking point. So. But there's no We're ads. Done. But there's no ads, and we've done both. We've done some bantering, and now we're going to get to the fucking point, which is our, our, our icebreaker segment. It's fine. You're fine. You'll be okay. I'm really excited about this week. So this week is Fofty versus Aviva Drescher. Those her leg during an argument. These okay. are both like Bravo celebrities. I mean, Fifty Cent is not, but okay. No, he's certainly not. Okay, there's so much to fucking unpack here. You were killing me with these two because I had never, I had never heard of either, even a little bit at all. And I, okay, so I, like, there is so much fucking backstory to both of these and a million people have never heard of. The only person I've heard of in any of this is fucking 50 Cent. So, Fofty. So, Fofty, Fofty Cent. I did some deep dives before this on both of these and I'm gonna, give you a little rundown on the Fofty situation. I never knew I wanted to say that till just now. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue, right? <laughs> it really does. It's a meme for a reason. <laughs> the Fofty situation. Okay, so I am heavily referencing from a people.com article here, like full disclosure. I fucking don't have this <laughs> shit memorized. So if this is gonna be the thing that eventually gets me into fucking podcast plagiarism trouble, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I am I am uh, skimming. A- I live in terror of that. I don't know if you know. I live in fucking terror of that. I was in college for too long. <laughs> so we've got 50 Cent and he got into it with Lala Kent, who was on Vanderpump Rules. And she's married. Well, was. I don't think she is now. No. Or was engaged to this punchable face dude russell emmett i swear to god this drove me crazy i know his face from somewhere and i don't know where i like to I call up- her lauren from utah what Cause, why because that's her real name oh shit and she picked lala yeah what the fuck okay so all right so we've got lala who picked the name lala for herself and her fiance russell who is the most punchable face i've encountered on this podcast emmett not russell what emmett russell emmett randall what his name's randall that's not what the people like com article says his name's randall emmett (laughs) what yes What? Hold on. I, I think you I, like, picked the wrong. It's Randall Emmett. Okay, hold on. I I need you to understand. I need you to understand this that I just sent you. <laughs> oh, but I'll be goddamn to is Randall. Yeah. Okay. Wow, people did me fucking wrong. They did you dirty. They did me dirty. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> Because I need to call out people.com after that. You know what? We're going to screenshot that so we have proof. Yes, we are. So, okay. Man, they did me dirty. So, we've got Randall Emmett and 50 Cent and Randall's um, fiance, Lala, are the main players here. Apparently, Randall owed 50... 50 Cent and Randall were like friends and, you know, co-producers, I think. They worked on stuff together. And... I guess Randall owed him a million dollars from like years before that. 
And I don't know if there was some particular reason that 50 Cent decided that like now is the time that it's getting paid back or else. I couldn't really find that. But one way or another, he did. So there end up being screenshots posted where 50 Cent is like, keep playing with me and get your fucking head cracked in front of everybody. You took my kindness for weakness. Now I'm going to show you what I've been trying not to do to you, you dumb motherfucker. (laughs) Which... I don't know. Something about dumb motherfucker. I love that. It's it just, it's so to the point. Oh. It is, um, it is concise and I am, I don't know. I mean, it's so basic, but I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to call somebody a dumb motherfucker in my life. I don't think I'll have to wait long. Maybe in this episode. Maybe in this episode. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So... He decides that it's time for him to get his money. He 50 Cent is running his mouth on Twitter. And then this dude, which, I mean, I'm pretty sure I Googled Russell Emmett and the internet knew, I guess. But you should probably Google Randall Emmett if you don't know who I'm talking about. Tell me that's not a punchable face. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So he starts freaking out. So he starts freaking out. Things are just going back and forth with 50 Cent and Lala. And she starts only referring to 50 Cent with she pronouns, which is just a gross and weird thing to do. But says that 50 thinks he's a thug, but he's actually watching Bravo, which I guess, you know, in order to be familiar with her, maybe that's true. And she says she's disgusted and that he used to be having dinners, showing mad love and begging Randall to put one of his talentless new bitches in a film. And then he comes for her on the gram. Yep. Whoa. She inserted herself in an argument that she did not belong in. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a sport. I get that. Well, then somehow like it turns into getting into the Me Too movement somehow. And um, she starts saying that he is uh, she's not going to be silenced. And if you've been affected by somebody like him, don't be quiet. And, you know, they can't silence everybody and all this. And it is super messy. So then 50 Cent posts some text between himself and Randall and Randall, I'm not afraid to say it, is being a little bitch baby. Yes. In these. Yes. Okay. I don't I don't know if that's controversial, but it's I not. really Yeah. Like it it absolutely fucking irks my nerves. Is that a phrase? Yes. Okay, I had an ex who used to say that, but I've never heard anybody else say it. <laughs> so shout out to her for that phrase that lives in my brain rent free. But it irks my nerves when, you know, you have an issue with somebody and they're like now you've made me so sad and i'm gonna have a heart attack now or something like it's a whole thing it's like faking a full-on heart attack yes so the text say i mean if i owed a million dollars it would give me a heart attack too but <laughs> that's fair but like that whole we're having a fight and i'm like rolling over in that way and being like i have to go to the hospital don't pick on me right now like fuck off i can't <laughs> with that i cannot with that so he posts these screenshots and uh, Randall says, I'm sorry again. I really am. I said, I'm sorry, Fofty. <laughs> Misspells 50 for Fofty. I'm heading to emergency room. I'm not doing well. Please don't text me anymore. I'm sorry for everything. This is too much for me. I'm so hurt and not feeling well. Now my ex is fucking with me after your post. This is very bad for me at all levels. Going to the ER to make sure not having heart attack. Please, 50, no more. <laughs> Yeah, and 50 was unfucking moved. He says, get the fuck out of here, Randall. You told your girl to say that something. It's it's blurred out. 
because we had dinner. It was to talk about IFE directing. You fucking loser. Did you tell her that you owed me a million dollars for over six years? Keep playing with me and get your fucking head cracked in front of everybody. Damn. Money by Monday. Um, yes. Yes. So he wanted it by Monday. He got it. He got a partial payment. He wasn't happy with that. He talked shit some more. And uh, ultimately did get his million dollars, I think, pretty quick. And he did at one point say that if Randall didn't have it, he could sell his Rolls Royce, basically. <laughs> and uh, wow. <laughs> that is, so I guess the whole Fofty thing just, I can't, again, I can't believe I missed this, but it became this whole meme internet inside joke thing. And I mean, am I, have I summarized that well you enough? Did you did perfect. I'm proud okay. of you, actually. Thank you. So then we have Aviva Drescher. <laughs> we have Aviva Drescher, who, yes, I wondered as soon as I started reading this if anybody else is wondering, she is related by marriage to Fran Drescher. Yep. Uh huh. Um, I am completely unfamiliar with the Real Housewives franchise, like completely and utterly. But I found this fucking delightful breakdown called Beat for Beat on Prime Timer, and it, it just breaks down some fucking this kind of thing some petty crazy pop culture moment and it gives you the backstory and it gives you the lead up it tells you what happens it shows you some memes about it i love it i feel like i've been cursing a lot this episode it's fine i'm very tired guys it's it's super late it's so late yeah yeah so this is the after dark edition (laughs) we've replaced ads with cuss words yes yeah and i i feel like it's gonna go over better (laughs) now we're just gonna insert them where they don't even go Yes, we are, because I feel like normally we have a problem with ums. I mean, I know that normally we have a problem with ums because I edit this podcast and I cut out about 75 ums per minute of audio for both of us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You guys have no, no idea how often we truly say um. But in this episode, I have decided that instead of um, I'm just going to fill any empty space with fucking dot dot dot. (laughs) That's what I'm doing tonight. Okay. So we gotta we gotta talk about the Real Housewives very briefly. If you don't understand, you know the basic premise of the show, I don't like you're in the wrong place because I don't either. So there's this woman on here named Aviva, and she uses a prosthetic leg. And I kind of wish I knew like how much that was sort of centered in her storyline just because i'm curious about how gross they were or weren't about that uh it wasn't bad she they actually um in that season if i remember correctly because i love my housewives they showed like they went back to the place where she lost her leg oh wow okay so So she was handled with some tact yeah, I mean, it was her storyline. Yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, I feel like they could be... I mean, like, you know how in The Bachelor, if somebody has something going on, it's it's going to be the whole point. Like, they had a girl who was uh, an amputee on there one season, and that was just her whole fucking storyline. Yeah, I don't... I don't think it was her whole storyline, but I think, you know, it was a big part of her life. I remember when I watched it, I didn't feel some kind of way, but also, like... You know, I'm not an amputee, so I can't really yeah, speak sure, sure, for that. Because to me, it could be okay to, you know, people that struggle with that, it could be something different. But when I watch it, I didn't really get a growth factor. I got a, it was her moment to like share with everybody, like what she went through in her journey. That's how I took yeah. it. 
Okay. Maybe I took it wrong. Okay. It's well, I'm happy years. that they weren't. It's been some years. I could rewatch it and be like, oh, yikes. Mel. Yeah, that happens. I'm happy that theoretically maybe they weren't overly exploitative about it because you just never know with this kind of thing. So, okay, I guess there's all this backstory where she's on the show and she's got like some whole drama thing where she wouldn't go on a girl's trip without her husband and everybody's super mad about it. And then she um, starts some shit about somebody using a ghostwriter for her books. And it's just, I mean. Well, she lied. She said she had asthma and that's why she couldn't go. Okay. How do we know that was a lie? Okay. Maybe it's not. Again. I could be the. I mean, I doubt that's here. the reason she couldn't go. Like, it, I don't think I have asthma. It wouldn't really prohibit that normally. I guess I don't know the circumstances exactly. It really but. felt like she was using it as an excuse. Okay, so I mean, maybe she. But does maybe have she asthma, wasn't. But I don't know. Don't cancel me. I, <laughs> I, I can't cancel you. I'm. I'm not in charge of that. So. There, yeah, there's this whole thing about whether she has asthma, and then there is some kind of God. What even is this thing? It's it's some kind of soiree event thing. So she shows up, and I just I have to read this directly from Prime Timer because it, you, you can't you can't beat this. She says, "I've been sick, and they're avoiding me like the plague." Aviva tells us in a rather dramatic reframing of events. It's asthma, ladies. It's not contagious. And by the way, I'm feeling better. Thanks for asking. And then it says, so while Aviva huddles in the corner, begging for a scrap of kindness from a world that offers asthmatics none, the other women talk about how they're all completely over her. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody starts this big uh, roundtable fight and... She, um, they, they challenge whether she has asthma, which man, given what happens next, like this really gets overshadowed is the fact that she whips out a stack of x-rays from her purse. They're good kind. We were just talking about this. She should make a lamp out of it. She should make a lamp. That honestly, girl, that would have been a more productive use of your energy. Oh, my heart sank when she did that. You're going to like put dents (laughs) in them. Save those x-rays. So she, and I mean. How how did this happen? What is the backstory that possibly led to her walking around with a stack of x-rays in her purse? I think it was... But she was. Performative. She wanted to have receipts. It's a, That's a hell of a fucking receipt. Those were big receipts. So she whips them out and, like, throws them across the table. And then Aviva tells somebody that she's actually been a horrific person to her. Things keep escalating. Um, Some girl tells her, you say that you've never lied to any of us at this table and you find us really hurtful. I find that laughable. I think that was Heather. It was, (laughs) yes. And somebody tells Aviva to not lose her mind, but Aviva does lose her mind. And she reaches down and says, the only thing that is artificial or fake about me is this pulls off her prosthetic leg and throws it down <laughs> like I, I think it's on the table at one point and then i think it ends up on the floor yes and i mean everybody it, who's looking is just I- incredulous doesn't cover it <laughs> it it doesn't even begin to cover it and it, it just the the video i mean you <laughs> And then some one of the other women says, they say, this is the last straw. This is the last leg. <laughs> it's it's almost too much to unpack. It, it is so much to unpack. And I'm going to say that it does win because I 
I feel like in order to be truly petty, there needs to be, I mean, there's a lot of petty shit that went on in the leading up to both of these things, but I feel like in order for there to be like true pettiness, there has to be true malice. There has to be some real intent. And I mean, the stupid Fofty thing was a typo. So I, I just, I mean, this, this was, she, she planned this out. She had, you know, she thought this through. Oh, this she was not a spur of the moment thing. Yes, and that was. She was I think waiting that was the for argument the too. Was because no one called her fake. Yeah, no, I don't think they did. She just kind of responded to that. I don't know. She was waiting for her moment for someone to call her fake so she could do this. She, I mean, it was like you can see in her head when she starts to reach down, like the opening notes of "Lose Yourself" just start playing. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like this is my moment i am i am it's time she walked in there with a bunch of x-rays in her purse waiting for the moment to throw her own leg across the room it's what you want for reality tv it is what you want for reality tv it is to be fair exactly what people are here for and i i don't know i i just i feel like how committed to the bit do you have to be <laughs> hey holy holy shit holy so i i have some respect for that um i mean the the fofty thing is entertaining but ultimately it really just comes down to a typo so i don't know um it's it's an aviva dresser situation for me for sure i love it aviva and her leg win this week (laughs) aviva and her leg all right let's get into it are you ready i am so ready you told me we're gonna get sued and i am fucking dying to get sued yes okay i'm really excited about this one yeah. All right. I guess. Have you, do I even have, any, like, are you going to say this and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. Have I had any indication yes. clues about what this is? Okay. Because you talk about so many things that you're kind of starting to work on. and then you know, I'm always running in my mouth. Manic pixie businesswoman, so I don't ever necessarily <laughs> assume that's really coming next. Yeah. You'll, you'll know. Um, you'll know pretty immediately. Okay. Okay. It was football season. And in October of 2021, Tennessee Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown was added to his team's injury list. Despite this, A.J. Brown would still play his matchup against the Buffalo Bills that Sunday. The NFL has a long reputation of players still playing through injuries, but this time was different and his teammates were worried. Derrick Henry said, we need to make sure we have enough toilet paper for him. What? (laughs) A.J. Brown had food poisoning. Okay. He said, I got three IVs. I got two Monday morning. Okay. <laughs> I got a bag and a half I know, before I know the game. Going. I didn't know if I was going to play or not. They expected me to play, but you don't really know. Despite being sick as shit, A.J. Brown starred against the Bills, finishing with a win with seven catches for 91 yards. After the game, he was interviewed on SportsCenter, who didn't shy away from the hard-hitting questions. I gotta ask you, you can say the gory details if you want to. What'd you eat? Smiling in between giggles, AJ replied, Um, I'm sorry, Chipotle, but, um, Chipotle got me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Chipotle got me. (laughs) It is the cutest thing in the world. He just, like, he didn't want to answer, and he's like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. The interview assures him that any chance of a Chipotle sponsorship was probably gone now. (laughs) <laughs> AJ's case wasn't a one-off and Chipotle has a long history of dropping the ball when it comes to food safety and mass food poisonings. 
Uh-oh. So here it is. Man, if you are one franchise and you have fucked up enough to end up on our podcast, that's not great. <laughs> oh, I did not know. I have been saying I wanted to cover Chipotle. I did not know there was this much material. Jesus. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. In 1993, Chef Steve Ellis opened the first Chipotle Mexican Grill in Denver, Colorado. Steve had dreamed of opening a fine dining restaurant, and he knew the burrito shop would be his ticket in. Inspired by the packed burrito shops he visited in Northern California, Steve knew that since there wasn't anything like it in the Denver area, it would fill a void. He said, this was going to be one restaurant, and this was going to be a cash cow that could fund and support a full-scale restaurant. And he was right. Chipotle became profitable almost immediately, and within five years, McDonald's Corporation became a major investor. Mm. Chipotle was fast-growing, and chain stores were popping up all over the place. But Chipotle's yummy reputation would take its first blow between March 1st and April 22nd, when 22 people were infected with hepatitis A after eating at a Chipotle grill in La Mesa, California. Four customers developed such severe symptoms that they had to be hospitalized. Presumed to be passed on by an infected employee, the foodborne virus, quote, attacks the liver and symptoms can include nausea, vomiting, abdominal cramps, dark urine, fever, chills, <laughs> fatigue, body aches, loss of appetite, and later on jaundice. In extreme cases, liver failure can result. Good God. Yeah, you don't want that with your burrito. No, no. I mean, I, you expect potentially a certain amount of bad things like, you know, set tummy or maybe um, a severed finger or something, but you don't expect that. No. Lawsuits immediately followed the outbreak, but Chipotle quietly settled. In the same month across the country in our favorite state of Ohio, <laughs> Chipotle found them. I was trying to discreetly yawn and you got me. <laughs> Chipotle found themselves in the middle of another crisis. After eating at a Chipotle near Kent State University, 500 customers became sick, suffering from severe nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and cramps. 500 Gosh, people. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot of people. That is so much. Stool samples collected from people who had eaten at the location tested positive for norovirus genotype G2. Also, that's a shit ton of samples, and I really wanted to say a shit ton in this. That's what we get. You're only going to say it once? Probably. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Chipotle voluntarily shut down the location for the day to replace the food and sanitize the restaurant, bringing in employees from other locations to help reopen the store the next day. Chipotle wasn't convinced that the outbreak was their fault, but since they are... I bet they were No, but since they're such a great company, they offered to pay medical bills for anyone that may have gotten sick at their place. Mm, okay. After adding hepatitis A and norovirus to their resume, Chipotle was back in the news again following an E. coli outbreak in 2009 that left customers sick in Colorado, Utah, New York, North Carolina, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. After an investigation was concluded, it was found that romaine lettuce was the culture. You remember when we were talking about you covering mass food poisoning? Yes. And you were like, me. Don't, don't talk about it. Well, you're like, I don't want to do it. Like, I figured, like, this is your jam. You're going to find, mm -hmm. like, the lettuce, lettuce farmer's, farmer's wife. wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Did you find something? Not much. There, it, 
there, it wasn't a husband and wife situation. It was actually brothers. Okay. And so it comes from the contaminated lettuce was from the church brothers farm. It's a family run okay. farm there. I mean, did any of these people have like a long and tragic backstory involving a haunted trunk that you fell down a rabbit hole about? No, just a couple white dudes farming lettuce. All right. I'll allow it. All right. Things were. Next time I want a haunted trunk, please. You got it. <laughs> I bet there is some scandal there. I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be. I mean, look at Lego World. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to find something on Church Brothers. I could find nothing. Mm, that just makes me want to find it more. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I'm slandering these people. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get sued by everyone. Uh-huh. Fuck it. Things were quiet on the food poisoning front for Chipotle for the next several years. But then 2015 happened. In July, five customers were infected with a rare strain of E. coli. Two of them had to be hospitalized. In August, 234 customers and employees fell ill to another norovirus outbreak at a Simi Valley, California, Chipotle. They quietly sanitized the store and Chipotle only reported the outbreak after it was seemingly over. In September 2015, 64 people across 22 Chipotle locations in Minnesota fell ill when there was another salmonella outbreak. This time, the tomatoes were the culprit. I was, okay, why why do, can they not not fuck up any ingredient? You know, it's all because that's Chipotle's thing. Like they want all fresh, locally sourced. I've actually never had Chipotle. You'll never have it again. <laughs> I no, we'll never have it in the first place. I I I'm a risk taker. I hear mm-hmm, these I'm things. More. Look, roller coaster rides, you know, they're dangerous. I'm still gonna ride them. Mm-hmm. After this, I don't think I will ever eat at Chipotle ever again. Did you like it much in the first place? I loved it. Really? It was my go-to wow. when I was pregnant. Wow. Mm-hmm. That must be bad if it's fucked you up. Okay. Yeah. Because you would, I mean, you would just eat like a whole live rabbit, I think. Not alive. <laughs> <laughs> but I have. I have I really recently. really had to think about that and answer with some precision. <laughs> So I was trying to differentiate between like all these different bacterias and I did find a fun fact. So salmonella and E. coli are both like, this is a quote, are both bacteria and they are fundamentally very similar. Salmonella actually evolved from E. coli about a hundred million years ago. Did you know that? I certainly did not. The evolution of bacteria is fucking weird to me. (laughs) (laughs) We will pick up the weirdest random interests in the course of this podcast. It's it's wild. It's true. It's true. Things you never knew you were interested in, but you are. Now we are. Now we are. That same month in September, 22 people in Oregon and Washington got sick from E. coli, and it's so bad that 16 of them had to be hospitalized. Portland resident Chris Collin went to urgent care after eating contaminated food from Chipotle, but was immediately sent to the ER. He said, the excruciating pain in my abdomen was something I've never experienced. It feels like your guts are being ripped out. Oh, my God. This was a third major foodborne illness outbreak for Chipotle in just three months. The E. coli outbreak got so bad that on October 31st, 2015, Chipotle shut down 43 of their Pacific Northwest stores to replace food and sanitize their stores. They reopened the stores a week and a half later, but now 
more cases in more states start popping up. In November, and I don't know if you're keeping track, we're doing something every month here. In November, Chipotle stores in California, New York, and Ohio all report E. coli outbreaks. Ohio cannot catch a break. This is insane. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks later, Illinois, Maryland, and Pennsylvania joined the growing map of E. coli outbreaks. Also growing, lawsuits against the chain. I would hope so. Jessica Ellis filed a lawsuit seeking damages for $75,000 after experiencing bloody diarrhea for days, which resulted in her missing work and having to cancel Hawaii vacation. Charmaine Denise Mode also filed a lawsuit seeking $75,000 after a similar experience when she got sick from the outbreak. She, quote, started feeling nauseated four days later with severe diarrhea. The next day, the diarrhea became bloody and far more intense. She went to the hospital where she endured a painful rectal examination. This is awful. Oh, it's so, it's so awful. Like, uh, diarrhea is bad enough. Like, a rectal exam when you have it. Oh, no. Right? I would hate that. <laughs> like, pay that fucking lady. Jeez. I only want my butt touched in fun times. Oh, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> a couple weeks later, yet another Chipotle crisis. This time, Boston College. On December 8, 2015, Boston College spokesman Jack Dunn wrote in an email, Since late Sunday evening, more than 120 BC students have reported to BC Health Services with symptoms consistent with norovirus. Nearly all 120 students confirmed that they had eaten at Chipotle Restaurant in Cleveland Circle during the past weekend. Several members of the college basketball team were among the students that fell ill. Apparently, athletes love Chipotle. This number would eventually grow to 140 people contracting norovirus. Mm. Besides the obvious grievances with Chipotle and their unending foodborne illness outbreaks, people were starting to get pissed at the lack of accountability and their quiet presence on social media. (laughs) So Chipotle did the most boomer thing ever. And instead of posting on Twitter or Facebook, they opted to take out a seven-paragraph advertisement in the Boston Globe. What? On a Wednesday, no less, to apologize. What? To apologize to college students. They're not reading the fucking newspaper. running this? It's Steve Ellis. Like, come on. What are you doing? Who the fuck is running this? And I'm going to read the whole thing to you right now. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm not. It was really fucking boring. <laughs> I, listen, I'm, I'm fucking here for you. <laughs> I did read it. I'm going to summarize it. Okay. Steve Ellis wrote. I wasn't even going to question that. <laughs> I'm just going to phone it in and read like seven paragraphs of some white dude apologizing for making everyone sick with his burritos. No. I'm here for it. <laughs> he wrote, quote, as a chef. I don't know. That's how you start it. As a chef. <laughs> As a chef. Dude, you have a burrito restaurant. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> As a chef, nothing is more important to me than serving my guests food that is safe, delicious, and wholesome. What does that mean? Is food wholesome? Safe. I mean, uh, I mean, 
I don't know. I guess I'm from Indiana, so I do kind of have some connotations to that effect. But I, I don't know that anyone thinks of Chipotle that way. Mm-mm. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. People got sick. Blah, blah, blah. We are working with food safety experts to design a food safety program. Blah, blah, blah. New sanitation procedures in restaurants. Blah, blah, blah. God, that That is so rough to have to like acknowledge that this is clearly a problem with you mm-hmm. because it's not like you know you got one outbreak and we're like you know my bad the lettuce slipped by us or something like you you guys just you just can't stop he's fucking up big time he says quote in the end it may not be possible for anyone to completely eliminate all risk with regard to food or from any environment where people congregate and i think that's a little victim blamey if you ask me uh, yeah. Uh, but we are confident that we can achieve a near zero risk. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize on behalf of all of us at Chipotle and to thank our loyal customers who have stood by us through this difficult time. I, we're pitting customers against each other now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Holy shit. This is, this should have been in the bracket. Yes. So, and then he signs his name, and <laughs> that needs some work, too. Trust me. <laughs> it does not. It's bad. It's the worst wow. signature okay. I've ever seen. We are just throwing shade at anything here. Mm-hmm. Anything at all. Before the end of the year, three more states joined the Equali outbreak map. Oklahoma, Kansas, and North Dakota. In an op-ed for Forbes, Henry Miller a medical researcher and founding director of the FDA's Office of Biotechnology writes, Outbreaks of food poisoning have become something of a Chipotle trademark. The recent ones are the fourth <laughs> and fifth this year, one of which was not disclosed to the public. A particularly worrisome aspect of the company's cereal deficiencies is that there have been at least three unrelated pathogens in outbreaks, <laughs> salmonella yeah. and E. coli bacteria and norovirus. In other words, there has been more than a single glitch. Suppliers and employees have found That's a... exactly what I just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Suppliers and employers have found a variety of ways to contaminate what Chipotle cavalierly sells at premium prices to its customers. Like, how do That's you keep... scathing. Yes. How do you keep fucking up this bat? Like, I don't... I mean, does it, do, you, do we think that this has more to do with where they're purchasing things from or, like, employee training? Or do we have any idea? I think it's all of it. I think they just can't fucking get it together. It's yeah. It's all of it. It's all of it. I accept that explanation. Chipotle was definitely trying to keep the crisis on the down low. They even went as far as blaming mainstream media for their silence on the matter. Chipotle CFO Jack Hartnung said, because the media likes to write sensational headlines, we can probably see when somebody sneezes that they're going to say, ah, it's equally from Chipotle. Uh, okay. I bet he also uses the Calm term. the fuck down. I bet he uses the term witch hunt too. Oh, I'm sure. And I, I'm not, I'm just going to throw this out here while we're just absolutely dunking on people. I feel like he's also said the phrase reverse racism at some point. Oh, yeah. I get this. I get those vibes <laughs> for sure. 100%. I don't even really quite know where I'm pulling that from, but it feels right <laughs> to me. Just in time for Christmas, Chipotle released their new cooking techniques to help curb any more foodborne illness outbreaks. 
I'm going to read you some of these. They include dipping fresh onions in boiling water to kill germs before cutting, marinating raw chicken in resealable plastic bags rather than bowls, placing fresh cilantro in hot rice to kill germs on the garnish, shredding cheese before it's sent to restaurants, chopping and testing tomatoes, cilantro, and other ingredients in a central location before sending them to restaurants, using acidic lemon and lime juice to kill germs on some produce, and finally, testing 60 samples of every 2,000 pounds of steak before it's shipped to restaurants. A similar program was expected for chicken, but, you know, they got to get the steak for um, pork and barbacoa beef are already sent to stores pre-cooked <laughs> and sealed in bags. So don't worry about that. Maybe that's why it was I saved because I always got the barbacoa. Yeah. I never worry about barbacoa. Try as they might to course correct, the damage was already done. On January 6, 2016, Chipotle was served with a grand jury subpoena from a federal court in California as part of a criminal investigation related to the norovirus outbreak at the restaurant in Simi Valley, California, the 2015 break outbreak that started it all. Sales plunged after the federal investigation was announced. Two days later, on January 8th, the blows kept coming. <laughs> I love when blows keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> I bet some of these people did not. Just some white-collar crime. The lawsuit alleged that Chipotle misled investors about its food safety practices amid unprecedented series of foodborne illness outbreaks. The following month, on February 8th, Chipotle closed its restaurants company-wide so their 60,000 employees couldn't attend a company-wide meeting via satellite about food safety. I'm sure that was just, like, so much fun. Just Oh, I'm sure it was a very popular move. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly needed, though. (laughs) During the meeting, Chipotle announced that they would be putting up $10 million as a part of a local grower support initiative to help small and medium-sized local growers uphold its new food safety standards. Steve Ellis said, that means even the ingredients they sell to other companies will be safe. And that's good for everybody, not just Chipotle. Okay, I feel like that's a good PR move. It's a good PR move. Looking like a savior, I guess. I don't know. Mm, sure. Page. I mean, it's a little slimy, but like, I, I see where he's going with that. There's, you know, I can respect that to a degree. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I think I've just, I've already been through this. So I just hate everyone. Paid sick leave was also implemented, which should be mandatory everywhere, in my opinion. And to help bring customers back in, they gave away coupons for free burritos. Millions of coupons. Oh, no. I don't like your tone about this. Coupons for free. Uh, Chipotle had high hopes that they could keep their ship from sinking. Marketing expert Alan Adamson said, it's going to take a significant, meaningful action that goes beyond telling employees to be more careful. And unfortunately, some time before customers start believing it. Comparing the collapse of trust with consumers of Chipotle to the Tylenol murders, which we covered here. Adam noted that Johnson and Johnson bent over backwards and made meaningful changes to the way products were sold to rebuild trust. Actions speak louder than words, but it's hard to rebuild trust. when you Keep having the same issues again, again. Oh my gosh. 
In July of 2017, the Loudoun County, I don't know if I'm saying that right, so I apologize, West Virginia people, the health department discovered that 135 people became infected with norovirus after eating food at the Chipotle Mexican Grill in Sterling. Public health investigators traced the source to a sick employee who was still working, even though they just implemented sick pay leave. <laughs> they just did this. Quote, Chipotle blamed this on the store manager for lax sick policy enforcement, which resulted in food safety response protocols not being followed. But we will soon see that this isn't a manager problem. This is a whole ass company problem. Following the norovirus outbreak, Chipotle announced CEO Steve Ellis' resignation. Oh, shit. But listen, he's still on the board. Chipotle was not completely ridding itself of Steve. Or foodborne illnesses, for that matter. Of course it's not. (laughs) People are bold as fuck still buying this stuff. Mm -hmm. In July of 2018, nearly... You ready for this? I stay ready. 650 customers became sick after eating at a Chipotle in Powell, Ohio. Of course it's Ohio. Now I can't say this fucking thing. We're we're old schooling it. I'm just going to mispronounce it and you guys can just add me. Oh, was that supposed to be old school? Because I still do that like once an episode. Uh, well, I didn't look this one up. Clostridium. Perfringens. Don't know about that part, but the clostridium, I'm pretty sure is right. Perfringens. Perfringens sounds right. It's all blurring together now. (laughs) The outbreak was caused after unsuspecting customers ate food that was left out at unsafe temperatures. 650 people. That's a lot of food. That's just. That is so. Like, what are they doing? They're... What the fuck are they doing? What are. It can't be that hard. No. Quote the U.S. I, ha- I feel like you would almost have to make go out of your way to be this bad. Like, what are you doing? Yes, exactly. And Taco Bell has this reputation. Bullshit. They, they, they're slandered. Everybody wants to talk shit about Taco Bell and you're going to get a stomach cake at Taco Bell. I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. No. I fucking love Taco Bell. Sponsor us, Taco Bell. <laughs> I will insert We'll do commercials for you. <laughs> yeah. Melanie would love to insert something. Yes. Always. Anything for Taco Bell. Oh, Damn. Quote, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say it's one of the most common types of food poisoning. It sickens nearly a million people in the country every year with diarrhea and cramps that are usually last for less than a day. In response, the new Chipotle CEO, Brian Nichols, said, Chipotle field leadership will be retraining all restaurant employees nationwide beginning next week on food safety and wellness protocols. We're just going to wait a week to retrain people, but okay. They should have been trained the right mm. way the first time. It Like, the 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 problems here have been so re- it's embarrassingly publicly documented. Yes. And now we're still, we're still doing this. We're still this. here. It's such a bad look. Chipotle came under fire again at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Of course they did. A firestorm came after employee Luisa Mendez was fired for trying to take sick leave. Her paid sick leave. Man. But she fought back. In a settlement announced by the City Department of Consumer and Worker Protection, 
Chipotle agreed to rehire Luisa and pay her for the three six days she was entitled to, plus twenty five hundred dollars in restitution. How mm-hmm. how would you feel about? Would you go back no, after you're being rehired? It, like that would feel weird to me. I mean, I would do yes. it just to be a petty motherfucker, like, <laughs> and then just like give him the bird all the time, and like I, I still don't think you can do that. <sighs> I don't think you would get away with that just because of this. Well, I don't know. I would go back just to, you know, rub their nose in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You're so petty. Louisa wasn't alone and experienced the company-wide pressure to work while sick, despite what the talking heads were telling consumers following many outbreaks. Carlos Hernandez said that when he notified his manager that he had diarrhea during his shift, he was told to stop working on the grill and either wash dishes or work at the cash register. He said, I'm not trying to make anyone sick. Even if I'm not touching food, I should not be there. Like, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. No shit, but also shit. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Too much shit. Too much shit. Again, it's clear that this is not an isolated situation. In a weird gaslighting situation, the company even hired on-call nurses to determine if workers were actually in need of their allotted sick time. Holy shit. CEO Brian Nichols said at... That is petty. Uh Uh-huh. CEO Brian Nichols said at an investor conference, because that's a thing. And what a sketchy nurse. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just going to say it. Like, of all the jobs, you took that one? Listen to this quote. Okay. He said, if you say, hey, I've been sick, you get to call into the nurse. The nurse validates that you don't have a hangover. You're really sick. And then we pay you for the day off to get healthy again. Okay. Ew. How about it's not your fucking business? How about it's really not? Sometimes people have to call in. Stop. It's not your fucking business. You were taking this too fucking far to pull away. Oh, my God. Your business is burritos, not my body, Brian. Like, <laughs> it, it just, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a little triggering to me because I've had a situation where I had a very private thing going on and I, w- I worked at another chain and the manager was like, we're short staffed. I need you to come in. And I'm like, I can't. I'm on my way to the hospital. And that was not good enough for him. And, like, he pried and pried and pried, and I finally told him what was going on. And you could just hear the humiliation in the silence. It was gold, but still, like. But you shouldn't have to go through that. I shouldn't have to go through it. It was, like, a very hard time for me. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's not your fucking business. I'm telling you I'm sick. messed up. Like, and especially when, like, you show up when you're supposed to all the time and you do your job like let can we just let people be sick and can even if they're give people even if they're fucking faking it who fucking cares yeah i mean if they're faking it all the time then i'm sure you have recourse for some kind of action but like you, you don't need to get that deep into what is going on in someone's head that they cannot work today like it's stop it's fucking weird you need to stop in april of 2020 chipotle settled to escape the criminal charges for, quote, the company's involvement in foodborne illness outbreaks that sickened more than 1,100 people between 2015 and 2018. 
The Newport Beach, California-based company agreed to pay a three-year deferred prosecution agreement that will allow it to avoid conviction if it complies with an improved food safety program. Chipotle also agreed to pay $25 million criminal fine, the largest ever in a food safety case as part of the DPA. Jesus Christ. Like, it could have been worse. Like, people probably you- could have gone to jail. Oh, sure. You didn't happen to do a total, like, on how many people across all these outbreaks, did you? I would love to know that It's number. way more than 1,100. And you gotta think about it. People get sick, like, food poisoning and stuff. You're not always reporting that. You're oh, definitely not. I mean, I, th- I've had food poisoning twice. One of them I actually had to go to the hospital for, which was from a restaurant I worked at. You tell your girlfriends. Yeah. You're like. Exactly. Okay, you got to stop saying girlfriends, Melanie. It's Pride Month. I know you're a boomer. Uh, what? I've had girlfriends. Listen. But you just, you, you tell them, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I shit on your couch. I have <laughs> food poisoning. And they're your girlfriend and they are okay with it. Okay, boomer. All right, boomer. Mm-hmm. Attorney William Marler said. Although there is no intentional criminal behavior like there was in the Peanut Corporation of America case that sickened several hundred people, killing nine, this hefty food safety fine for negligence should clearly send a message to the restaurant industry. But did Chipotle get the message? A viral TikTok from March of this year (laughs) shows user Yanka, username, I like this, TikTok Hots 420. (laughs) Oh my God! She's in the no. yes. She's in the hospital with food poisoning from you guessed it, Chipotle. Her caption reads: "Honestly, posting this bread awareness. Do not eat Chipotle." <laughs> in the comment section, oh my God! It's all posted so you guys can look through it. It's like former employees that are like, "Yeah, I felt bad serving it, but like I need needed to work," and it's like. All these people oh, are like, like, oh, I just got sick four days ago from there. Like, I had no idea. I mean, it's and then she, and then I mean, I don't want to victim blame, but like, who is eating Chipotle at this point? I don't think everyone knows. I mean, there's a lot of people in the comments being like, I still eat that though. <laughs> and she made a follow up video. I watched her follow up, and she's like, okay, do, but like, I literally felt like I was going to die. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if I saw this TikTok, I would probably be the same way. Like, I've never been sick for it, so I'm just going to keep doing me. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was like, now that I, like, I have experienced, like, never fucking again. And when you've had severe food poisoning, like, I, I just feel like if you've never had it, like, you don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. I've had it. I always I've had it more than once from Steak and Shake. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sad. I love Steak and Shake. It is. Me too. I have not had Steak and Shake in years, though. Like I literally won't get Steak and Shake if I have like important plans in the next day or two. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time. Like it, I had that the last time happened. I mean, probably I would say at least seven or so years ago. It's been a minute, but I have gotten it repeatedly. So I mean, if I've got you know something critical the next day, I'm not even going to risk it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a wrap on Chipotle, but also a uh, sneak peek Patreons. Um, hopefully in the next 
week or two, I am going to be dropping the episode on the peanut butter one because that is fucking insane. I was looking at that and I'm like, yep, this is what I'm doing. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Speaking of doing the right thing, I just want to let everyone know, Ash, I have not sent off your bracket box yet. Ain't important. I have not sent your Patreon thing. And we have a couple Patreons that are still waiting on stickers. Um, as you know, I've had COVID and out of abundance of caution, I've I've had that on hold, but that is going out tomorrow. So stay tuned. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to pull a Chipotle on you. So if you're wondering <laughs> where your shit is, it's coming. It's not yeah, no, I don't think not your shit. Your your stuff. One hopes. One doesn't completely know with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's like a ton of risk of you know surface contagion stuff, but like we really don't want to. We don't. Be wrong. I mean, wouldn't that be just? Ugh. I mean, you fucking get a disaster in the mail from a disaster podcast. It'd be what a thing. fucking awful. But like, I don't know. I'm super paranoid about that. But I feel like quarantine's been over. And then, I, you know, I wanted to wait a couple days past that. So it's coming. Yeah. I promise. I just, I don't want to make you sick because then I'll feel bad. Yeah. You ready for disaster relief? You want to go first? Or you want me to? I can go first. Okay. So we had our pictures. Mm -hmm. And my sister was visiting, my kids were eaten by mosquitoes, and she's like, you know, I just, you know, put the little calamine lotion or whatever it is on. But she pulled out this little green bottle this morning. Have you heard? It's spelled Campo. So I think it's, I think it's Campo. It's spelled C-A-M-P-H-O. All one word. Campo. Campo. Yeah. I think in my head I think of that as Campo, but it's probably Maybe not. it's Campo. It's Campo. It has. You just want to keep saying Campo. I do. I know. But it's like this little tiny green bottle of like oil and you put it on the mosquito bites and it is next to toothpaste. Like the best things for mosquito bites. Really? It is. It was, like, instantaneous. And, like, she said it was super cheap. It was, like, three bucks. I don't know. I love it. I It made me happy. Keep that in mind. Yeah, Adelaide doesn't have a very good reaction to mosquito bites. I don't really either. They're so bad. And it is. Yeah, it is insanely muggy right now. Do you do the little X thing? What X thing? Apparently not. But what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Am I a weirdo? You get yeah. a mosquito bite, and then you, like press your fingernail in real deep to where it leaves a line and then you switch it over and you make like a little x in your mosquito bite and then i, I swear it makes it feel good <laughs> where where did you learn about this i don't know did you just make this up like around the same era probably that you were collecting your scabs in a jar no i think it might be a thing like does you guys let me know do you press an Hold x on, i'm googling oh is it googleable I mean, anything is Google. Yes, it's definitely Googleable, actually. Is it on there? What the fuck? Do you do yes. that? What? It feels so good. What did you, how, how did you Google it? X on Mosquito Bite. So the very first one comes up and says, um, let's scroll down. Home remedies for mosquito bites. There's toothpaste, honey, banana peel, vapor rub, ice, aloe vera, create an X. The next home remedy for mosquito bites is more of a temporary fix than a solution. Simply make an X on the top of the mosquito bite using your fingernail. Don't press too hard as you don't want to pierce the skin. Just apply enough pressure to make a dent. This will help stop the itching temporarily. However, it will return when the X fades away. What? Yeah. 
It feels so good, like, right away if you can't get to stuff. Now, toothpaste was a big thing when I was, like, you know, because you everybody has toothpaste. You don't always mm-hmm. have, like, bug bite yeah. medicine. And it works so good. Wow. Okay. I've got all sorts I'm, of home remedies. I, I thought this was going to be bullshit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have. <laughs> I was just thinking of this. Time. I got poison ivy real bad. Where was I? I think I was, like, going, like, hiking the devil's punch bowl or something. No, I wasn't. I was in Kentucky. And I got, I got it real bad and, um, <laughs> I didn't know how to relieve it. I okay. wound up having what to go get it like to the doctor to get like a steroid cream. But, um, my roommate walked in and I was taking a bleach bath because it was the only thing I found that would like. Oh no. Yeah. She was like, that's really dangerous. Don't do that. That does not sound like a good idea. So not me. all of my home remedies are good. So take them for what you're for what wow. you will like don't yeah. take bass and bleach don't it does feel don't. good but d- i don't think no. it's safe <laughs> no <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you He's here for some old bad advice wow okay that was really aggressively bad okay but x on mosquito bites okay toothpaste do not take okay. bleach bath bleach Jesus. i came and talk okay all right what's yours Okay, so mine is um, neither weird, dumb, nor yum. Um, I recently got introduced to a poet who does spoken word poetry named Andrea Gibson. And I had somehow never heard of them. And I really feel that I should have because there's a lot of overlap with the things that I listen to, but I hadn't. And um, wow, these are some powerful ass spoken word poems and I highly recommend them. Where do you find them? Um, they are definitely on Spotify. I'm sure there are other places also. I am particularly a fan of Royal Heart and I do. But also um, there's a really beautiful one called For Eli, which is um, big content warning on that for uh, veteran stuff and PTSD and you know the effects of war and that kind of thing. But I listened to this in the car the other day and was just absolutely floored and um, – I've been re-listening ever since, and there's a lot to discover, so much to discover, and they are such a talented poet, and I, it looks like they haven't actually released something new in four years, but oh, wow. I've got a lot to, yeah, but they've got um, Pretty big. six albums. Oh, a huge catalog. Yeah, so, and I mean, this stuff is dense, like you need to listen to it a few times and make sure you can pay attention um, to really let it sink in. So yeah, they, they released an album in 2003, 2006, 2009, 11, 13, and 18. So hopefully, maybe at some point they'll make yeah. something new, but if not, there's so much to dig into and it is really, really intense. I really love this disaster relief. <laughs> I think you really will love this artist. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. So Andrea Gibson, I highly recommend them. I'm going to check them out for sure. You, you should. If, is it like, can I like lay in the bath and just like put it on? Or is it yes. like heavy, heavy? I, well, what do you mean by heavy? Like, uh, like content wise heavy? Yeah. Like, do I need to be wrapped up in a blanket? <laughs> or <laughs> I mean, I guess. Can I just relax and listen to it? I guess your mileage may vary. I listened to it in the car driving down the interstate at night. And that was an intense experience because there's just a lot to hear. 
there's a lot to hear. And then, you know, you hear it and you're like, there's a certain line that'll be like stuck in your head days later. And then you have to go back and listen to it again. And you're like, Oh my God, like I didn't, you know, you spend so much time stuck in one line, like letting it sink in that you miss the next couple after it. So then you, you hear it again and you just take in more. It's yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. I have to dip my toes into that then. And then adjust accordingly. Adjust your toes. No, my setting. Oh, yes. As my far vibe. As, um, yes. yes, your vibe. Adjust your vibe. Um, I feel like I have to have, like, with stuff like that, like, it has to be a thing. Yes, it definitely takes focus. Um, the first time that I listened to a couple, I was a little bit distracted. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. But um, I just had a lot going on that day. And then I kept thinking about a couple certain lines. And then I was like, okay, what? Which one was that? And I had to find it. And then I found it. And I started re-listening. And I'm kind of hooked at this point. So I think that you should look into it. I think that for you, I would probably recommend that you start with um, Royal Heart. Okay. Can you text that to me so I don't forget? Because I think you would enjoy that. I won't be able to re-listen until this is out for everybody. Look, we're breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. (laughs) That's all we ever do. There is no fucking fourth wall. But do we pass the Bechtel test? We do all day long. Okay, Okay, I got it. Awesome. So because of the COVID fog, we have two Patreons. I don't know if I said said the last one last time. So we're just gonna I'm gonna re-say it and it might be a double. And if it is, I don't fucking care because No, you I think it's shouted out twice. Take it and run. So our two buddies this week is Amanda Ball. Amanda. This might be a repeat. And if it is, like, I hope you like it. Um, <laughs> we're just a fan. And your buddy is Caitlin. I want to say it's Leo's. L-E-O-S. Oh, that's a cool ass last name, whatever it might be. Fuck yeah, it is. And if I said that wrong, let me know. And I'll repeat you too. And it will just be mm-hmm. like a thing. So, um, yeah, go donate some blood. Go donate some food. Go donate, go donate a kidney. A kidney. Yeah. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't fucking need it. Why do you think you got a spare? Greedy ass? Yeah. In case you forget one. Like when I forget to announce a Patreon. Yeah. You just forgot your kidney, but it's fine. You've got two. Yeah, two. It's no biggie. Dialysis nurses of the world are shaking their fists at us. <laughs> Chipotle is like, don't eat at a restaurant if you only have one. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to need all the organs you can get. <laughs> so keep your, if you're going to Chipotle still after this episode, keep your kidney. Yes. Yeah. But don't. Also, just don't. Yeah. Like, don't go there. Don't. Don't do that. This is the it's one time where I want to yuck your yum. Okay. If Melanie is saying that something should not be eaten, it's either like a perfectly appropriate chicken nugget or it shouldn't be eaten. I don't think, like, this is, like, I'll eat I, I, anything. I think this is the latter. I've never yeah, been so is... turned off about, I mean, I don't want, like, my guts ripping out, like. No. And it's not like they keep fucking up one ingredient or something where if you just aren't getting that ingredient, you're fine. It's just anything they touch. It literally is the meat, the vegetables. I still yeah. am unsure, like, how, like, heating up rice to kill germs off cilantro works. Like, that doesn't, I don't know. I'm not the smartest no. person in the world, but that doesn't make sense to me. No, it's not great. So, yeah, um, definitely 
balance your kidney donation, Chipotle intake stuff that you have going Definitely on. Definitely donate your and blood, And make though. good decisions. Yeah. yeah. I would be maybe not if you've eaten Chipotle, honestly. I feel like you need, like, a cleanse first. <laughs> <laughs> the cleanse is the diarrhea. Donate food, but not your leftover Chipotle. Yes. Just maybe, honestly, if you've had it, maybe you should just sit this one out. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're off the hook this week. All right. Well, sweet dreams are no dreams. Sweet dreams are no dreams. Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us, too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our Mark Safe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.